Hey podcast people, how's it going? Azrin the Language Nerd here, owner of the Calgary Language Nerds, and welcome to today's podcast episode. If you would like to learn more about my business or myself, I encourage you to visit my website. It is azrinthelanguagenerd.com. That is spelled A-Z or Z-R-E-N, thelanguagenerd.com. With that aside, let's dive into today's podcast episode. And I'd like to talk about a few things today. The first ones are some language learning oriented things. I have two specific things, actually maybe more than two, because I've got some questions I might choose to answer in the podcast, depending on how how uh, the time kind of flows. And, and then I've got a couple of just life related things that I'd like to share as well. So in terms of the language oriented things, I've been using a, a, different, a, a different language learning strategy lately that's been working quite well when I've been teaching my classes. And the strategy is pretty boring, but it is very effective. And it's a translation-based approach. What I've been doing with a variety of my students is I give them an English sentence and I ask them to translate it. They translate it, we go through the corrections. I then give them another English sentence. They then try to translate it. I write an English sentence, they write a sentence in the target language to translate what I said. So if I wrote, my name is Azarin, and they're in a French class, they have to try to translate it to je m'appelle Azarin. They have to write it in French and say it in French. All of the sentences that I give them to translate are based on previous concepts that I've taught them before. For example, one of the classes I'm teaching right now We've done a lot of focus. We've had done a lot of focus. We've had a big focus on asking questions, on foods, and a few uh, a few common verbs tr- uh, conjugated in the present tense. So all of the different sentences I was giving them are question oriented. Are you Canadian? The person had to write Est-ce que tu es Canadien, right in French. You know, are you American? Est-ce que tu es Américain? Do you like? eating cake. Est-ce que tu aimes manger? Blah, 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 blah. And it's very boring, I suppose, in the sense that it's maybe not the most mentally and how do I say that? It's boring in the sense that it's very repetitive. You're just typing and writing what your teacher tells you to do, and then you're just saying it out loud. But I've noticed that it's a really effective method to help people's brains to actually start to form words and phrases in the target language. I also found that it's a great way to identify specific points that the student doesn't really understand and to help their brains really understand it. So going back to the the, the French example I was giving a minute ago, that particular class that I'm teaching, I noticed that all three of the people in the class, there's three of them, all three of them did not understand the difference between esque and quesque in French. These are two specific, um, these are two specific question terms that exist in French and they're different and they did not understand the difference. They would mix them up all the time. So I gave them specific translation exercises, a whole bunch of them that were specifically around esque and quesque and it allowed the students to find the pattern and understand what the pattern is, right? And finally get it sorted in their heads. So it's been working very well. It is a little bit dull. I don't know if it's a great strategy that you can do all the time, every class, over and over and over for years on end. I'm not sure about that, but I think it's one effective tool that teachers can keep in their tool belt and can use 
sparingly throughout the classes. And it's also something that you as a learner, you might actually consider as well. You might think to yourself, okay, let me try to write out some sentences in English and try to, based on concepts that I've learned and try to actually translate them. You might even write out specific, I've been doing this too, where you actually write out dialogues between people. So it's not just random sentences, but you're writing out like a conversation between two people. And then you're actually reading that conversation out and you're playing both sides of the conversation. And you're kind of building out and you're writing out different ways that conversation might go to the best of your ability in the target language. I think that's effective. I, I really think it is. It's been working very, very well. I've seen some big breakthroughs with students as I've been doing it. And I think this strategy as, as you know, seemingly non-engaging, non -men not mentally engaging as it may be, it's actually been very effective and it's been something that I've, I'm a big fan of now because it's been working quite well. The other language learning thing I wanted to mention is the importance of, of learning in a way that's going to be the most conducive for you. I just a moment ago finished a class with, uh, with a student and this is a student I've, I've taught now not for that long, but maybe a few months, a few months, something like that, maybe a little more. She actually listens to the podcast, so she might even be listening to this and be like, oh my goodness, that's me. Um, <laughs> but I just had a class with her and she and we were discussing the format of the lessons, of the classes that she's been taking and what uh, a good format would be for, for her based on her learning needs, her desires, her schedule, her this, her that. And one thing we actually ended up deciding was for me to put together a curriculum that is not a curriculum for her to learn Spanish, but it's a curriculum for her to learn something else in Spanish. So she loves history, she loves biographies, she loves uh, language learning as well. So I, I told, I actually asked her, I was like, what if we put together like a history curriculum, a curriculum about history, about the history of, you know, a specific country at a specific period in time. And then we fac I facilitated that to you in Spanish. And you learned history in Spanish. She's like, I would love that. So you have to think about for you individually, what what's going to be the format that's going to be the most conducive for you to learn the target language. I think that's an important thing for, it's an important thing for people to think about. Um, because everybody's different and different things are going to work for for different people. I'm actually teaching a class right now. Uh, it's a private class, but basically it's a French literature class. Now, I'm not an expert on French literature, so often it's actually both of us learning about certain points of literature together. But we found a French curriculum, a high school French curriculum in, uh, in France. We found one of their curriculums and we looked at some of the books and such that they have to read and the curriculum's actually given a couple comprehension questions and there's a pretty cool program kind of devised. And so we've kind of been working through that together. We read the book in class together, we discuss, I explain some of the hard words. Because my French is at a much high, is at a higher level than my student, I can understand the book faster than she can and I don't really have any problems understanding the book. Whereas she kind of will have some challenges so I kind of have to explain certain parts to her. Um, and I've I've read a fair amount of French literature throughout university, so I'm kind of used to that language and being able to do that. So, but that's something that we do, and that's working for her, and that's that's kind of the format that's conducive for her. So you've got to find the right format for you. Now, the last thing I wanted to share in today's podcast is more of a personal-oriented thing, more of a life-oriented observation. It's that you you actually 
how do I say this? Um, <clears throat> hmm. It's a bit difficult to explain. I've never actually tried putting this into words. Let me try my best here. I think it's important when anything happens in, in your life, I think it's important to assume, assume it happened for the best. Assume that everything happened for the best. So if something good happened, you have to assume that it happened for the best. If something quote unquote bad happened, you have to assume that that also happened for the best. And one day you're going to look back and realize that, oh, even though that sucked in the moment, it actually did help me in the long term. I think it's important to try to view things in that way. Um, it's like that story, I forget where I heard it, but there's like the story of the guy it's like a guy who falls off a horse or something like that. I think he, there's a, there's a man who, oh, what's that? There's like a fable and a man's on a horse and he falls off the horse and he breaks his leg. And there's this old wise man and the guy goes, oh, that sucks. And then the wise man goes, let's wait and see. And then right when, when the guy's falling off the horse, this girl comes and they, and, and he, she helps him get better and they end up getting married. And then he's like, oh my goodness, it's good that I fell off the horse because I got married, I got to meet this girl. That's amazing. And the old wise man goes, let's wait and see. And what turns out is that that person who he married ends up being this really criminal, um, what's the word? Criminal psycho kind of lady. And it actually torments him being in that marriage. And he's like, oh my God, I should have never married that lady. Oh my God, me breaking my leg was actually bad. And the old wise man goes, well, let's wait and see. And what ends up happening is that he divorces that girl and he learns a whole bunch from the experience, which makes him a better person in the long term. And he's like, oh my goodness, it's actually good that I married that girl because of this and that and that. And now I'm in this part of my life. And the old wise man goes, let's wait and see. It's always let's wait and see. You never actually know if something is good or bad. And so it's just best to assume positive intent because that helps you take the best out of every single situation, I find. Um, uh, I, I mentioned a few podcast episodes ago that I've been getting bouts of vertigo. Vertigo, if you don't know what it is, is basically where your world starts to spin and you get super dizzy for no apparent reason. There's a lot of things that can cause it. There's quite a few things that can be a cause of vertigo and, and can make you feel it. It's uh, You have to go for further testing and it's sometimes difficult to figure out exactly why it happens. But it is something that... Uh, affects a good number of people and I've been getting bouts of vertigo for the past week and a half and it's super annoying. I get sick sometimes, it saps my energy, I have to be cautious with my movements. Two nights ago I couldn't sleep very well because I was feeling dizzy while I was trying to sleep and I was feeling nauseous, like it's really not fun. And I've been thinking a lot about that and I'm like is it a brain tumor, is it like something I'm eating, is it just some weird ear infection, is it, I've been to the doctor and you know, we haven't really figured out exactly what it is yet. And I'm not necessarily worried per se, but I will tell you that I'm assuming, I'm assuming everything happens for the best. Like I'm assuming everything happens for the best. Um, I find now that with this vertigo happening, I'm much more conscious of my choices. And I, I really, funnily enough, here's the weird thing, despite being sick quite a bit, feeling sick over the past week and a half, um, despite sometimes getting dizzy, sometimes despite my energy being lower, despite despite everything, I, I think arguably I've been happier the past week and a half. I've actually been happier the past week and a half because I've been much more intentional about, much more in the moment and much more intentional about every single day. 
I took a one hour, two hour nap the other day and it was amazing. I enjoyed the nap so much. And I remember waking up thinking that was an awesome nap. And in the past, I wouldn't have fully enjoyed that nap the same way. But in that moment I did, cause I was like, yeah, I had a great nap. And I was very conscious about it because, because, you know, I just don't know when the next vertigo attack will be. And you don't know when you're gonna be out and when you're just gonna be out and sick and you can't get up cause the world is spinning on you. So you, you cherish every moment. I remember I was playing with my sister and I was having a great time and I really enjoyed playing with her versus before I might've taken that more for granted. So overall, I've actually been a lot happier the past week and a half. And I was like, funny, you would think that vertigo is a bad thing and I don't think it's a good thing and it has to be solved. But also it's, it's had a weird positive where I've actually been ha slightly happier the past week and a half. I've learned a lot of things about myself the past week and a half too. I've, I've, I've learned a lot. I've learned to let go of certain things that maybe would have bothered me in my head and stuck around in my head and taken up valuable mental space. For example, yesterday I was thinking about how I have to make a curriculum for someone and I physically just couldn't do it. Yesterday I was tired. The vertigo kind of saps my energy sometimes and I was just tired. And I was like, I'm tired, but I need to do it, but I, I physically can't. So I, I just let it go. I let it go. I called uh, a guy who works for me and I was like, hey, I got a little project for you. Do you want to make this curriculum? I know what needs to be on it. I can explain it to you. Do you want to do it? And he's going to do it. And that's going to be that. And I've let it go. It's out of my head now. And I was like, wow, I'm letting stuff go faster than I used to. It's very good for my mental health. Wow, I wouldn't have never learned that if it weren't for this vertigo. I learned something. I even, my brain went to a very dark scenario. And cause I was thinking like, man, I was challenging my beliefs the other day. I was like, should you really assume positive intent and everything? Should you do that? Is that really the right thing? I was like, what if you're gonna die? What if you're gonna die and you have a terminal illness? Is that positive intent? Is that really positive? If you find out you're gonna die in three years, is that really that good? Like, how could you view that as a positive experience? And I was like, actually it could be because listen, if I was told if for some reason I'm getting vertigo because of some strange illness and I'm gonna die in four years, the amount of good that I'm gonna do in the next four years is now gonna be incredible because I know when I'm gonna die, I know. So I'm like, oh great. I have a certain amount of money saved up that would go to some great causes. I would think about how can I, my, my whole life would change. I would basically figure out, okay, let's look at all the relationships I have, all the money I have, all the skills I have. How can I combine that to do the most possible good in the next four years? And me dying at the age of 32, right? Cause I'm 28 right now, seemingly on paper is bad. Oh, young man, he was super young. How did he die at 32? That's so terrible. People would be sad, but maybe I would have created something so amazing in the world that I would have never, ever even done if I didn't die at the age of 32. So that actually is a positive thing. And maybe, and heck, maybe even if I didn't die at the age of 32, let's say none of this happened. And I died at the age of 92 instead. But because I died at 92, you know, I lived to see some really big war break out and I had a really poor quality of life until the age of 92. Then wouldn't it have been better to die at 32 and miss all that, you know, all that, all that really crappy living through a war. Maybe that's better. Like you don't know, right? If you just assume everything's positive and assume that everything happens for the better, I think that's a very positive and very productive way to view things. Um, yeah, I, I really think so. I feel, I feel that's true. Um, and so all I can say is like, 
today I'm actually, funnily enough, uh, one last thing actually. Um, today I'm feeling a lot better and it's actually made me realize that the brain and the body is a very powerful thing. So I've learned something about this vertigo. I actually can control it, which is really weird. When it happens, I can actually physically will my body to not feel the, to, to not go through the vertigo bout, either in the same level of strength or like, or does not go through the vertigo at all. Sometimes I can actually physically change it. I'm like, that's so weird. So last night I was like trying to sleep and I could feel my brain wanting to go and get dizzy. I could feel myself wanting to get dizzy. And first of all, I wouldn't let it happen. First of all, and I was really, I was like, this is so weird that you can control it. The body's very bizarre that way. But second of all, it also occurred to me, like, um, I was like, man, how, like, I told myself, like, okay, me focusing on not being dizzy is not allowing me to sleep. So I told my body, hey, body, this is what I want. We're going to get a good night's sleep tonight. That's going to happen. We're going to figure that out because a good night's sleep is good. So brain, I need you to fire off all the different, you need to fire off the right chemicals, the right you know, hormones and the right everything. We got to get the right stuff going in my body in order to, in order to get a good night's sleep. I told my brain, brain, we got to do this. Let's, let's, let's figure this out here. Okay. So, and then we, I did that and then I got a great night's sleep and suddenly the dizziness stopped. It's it was very weird. It's kind of stopped. And I was like, Oh, that's different. And then I got tired. And I was like, Oh, I'm feeling sleepy. And then I fell asleep. So the brain is super powerful. It's super interesting how the body works and everything. There's limits, obviously, to what you can and can't do. But man, body's really powerful. Really, really powerful. Anyway, um, that's everything I want to share for today. Hope it was an interesting podcast for you. I feel we hit some, we hit upon some, some good topics today and we had a good flow to the podcast. So I hope you enjoyed it and uh, we'll talk later. Bye for now. See you.